0: you don't need a lot of money to do great things. Now, I wanna make sure that you guys know that I'm not saying you will never need money for things. (laughs) That's simply not realistic. But I want to speak very specifically to the dreamer, the creative that wants to share their story, record their song, write that poem, whatever it might be that you want to do. I want you to know that you don't need a lot of money to do great things. And also for the person that wants to take that first step in the right direction when it comes to your mental health, your emotional wellness, being the person that you've always wanted to be. You don't need all of the resources imaginable to be able to take that first step. These two things go quite hand in hand for me. Anytime I start thinking about what I want to create, especially when I start thinking about things that are way out of my budget and I'm like, oh, if I could only get these three big name actors and if I could just get this person to produce it and I could, if I could just get this person to help me write it or edit or film it. I start thinking of all this stuff and I get really overwhelmed and really stressed out. And then sometimes my anxiety creeps in and I start thinking, well, no, I can never do that because I'll never be good enough or I can never do that because I'll never be on that level. And then all the other stresses of life just start to come up. And before I know it, I've done nothing before I know it. I've entered into this frustrating cycle of stress and anxiety That's not only just holding me back from everyday things, but also holding me back from extraordinary things, like creative things, that I really don't need a ton of money to do. Maybe I just need a bit more hope than I'm allowing myself to have. There's a brand new movie out on Netflix, and it's called The Starling. And it stars Melissa McCarthy, who most of us know as a comedic act- actress. And she is in this movie with a bird while she's going through loss and tragedy. And when I first heard of it, I was like, well, I'm gonna watch it because Melissa McCarthy and I got really excited about it but I was also like I don't usually watch movies about birds so I don't know what this is gonna be like and let me just tell you guys I'm glad that I in the words of Kelly Clarkson took a risk took a chance (laughs) took a change what and I braked it away and (laughs) watched this movie and wow it was absolutely amazing I don't want to spoil it at all, but there is so much in this film about creativity, about new life, about friendship, about unlikely therapy in a very unlikely way and unlikely place. It's also quite comedic in a way as well. And it's very realistic when it talks about relationships and marriage. And this might be a good time to let you guys know that there are definitely some mature themes and some mature language in this film. It's PG-13, so you'll have to use, you know, viewer discretion. But especially if you are an adult that is wanting to get married someday or if you are engaged or if you're married, I do think that this is a really good watch because it teaches us so much about how creativity can help us heal and about healing and how it oftentimes comes from creativity and how we oftentimes get overwhelmed by all the things that need to be done to get to where we want to be. But truly, beauty happens when we take that first step. I absolutely loved this movie and I had the incredible privilege to sit down with Ted Melfi. He is the director of this film for a bonus episode of the Jamie Grace podcast, which is what you're listening to today. Tomorrow on the podcast, available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all of those places, you can hear a full-length traditional episode of the Jamie Grace Podcast. It's an Ask Jamie Grace episode, and it's team, single, and dating. So we talk all about dating, relationships, with all of your questions that you've submitted. Y'all sent me questions everywhere from, can a pastor date somebody in the church? Who oh, Lord. Also, to like, how do you know if he is a brother in Christ or your future boyfriend? Y'all's questions were very intense. And I was really honored to be able to answer as many as I could. And of course, there will be many episodes like that in the future. So wherever you're listening right now, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you are, make sure you subscribe so that you do not miss an episode. But for now, enjoy this bonus. This episode of the jamie grace podcast featuring a conversation with ted melfi he's an american screenwriter film director and producer with credits including the golden globe nominated saint vincent with bill murray melissa mccarthy and naomi watts going in style hidden figures with taraji p henson octavia spencer and Janelle monet and also of course his latest film 2021 the starling I would try to explain it, but I will probably spoil it. So, can you give listeners just a little synopsis of what this beautiful movie is all about?
1: It's the story of a couple that has experienced a, um, a great loss, and it's really uh, a movie about their path back to love and to together, and, yeah. and to togetherness. It's like it's yeah. like it's really an essay for me. It's an essay on grief, like how do you get through yeah. something? So, so tragic and yeah and come out hopeful I mean because you know that's really the ultimate goal right come up happy come out happy and hopeful you know so right. that's what the movie's really about
0: yeah I really appreciated that and um I that that the film is so hopeful but it's also so honest I have a little bit of a list if you will when we talk about my own mental health diagnosis and That's one thing is typically if I tell people, oh, I have anxiety or I have this, they kind of look at me like, oh no, you're smiling or your shirt is yellow. That doesn't make sense to me. But I think it's so important that even in our pain, we do remain hopeful. And um, I think that's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. You know, especially after the last couple of years, last two years, people are looking for like light at the end of the tunnel, the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. Like how do we... I mean, you know, 8 billion people are collectively grieving in, in some fashion or, or other. And uh, movies about hope, I think, um, and, and, and getting out and figuring out how to get out are, um, I think,
0: necessary. I think it's really cool also, because if I'm not mistaken, originally this was supposed to be about a husband and wife, but the, uh, it, was, it was gender swapped and a lot of the heavier mental weight, if you will, was what the wife was going through. Um, what was that decision like to switch and how do you think that the outcome of the film has been different?
1: Yeah, as you said, when I first read the script, um, Melissa McCarthy and Crystal Dutt's characters were swapped. So it was the typical strong man staying home to, uh, to, to hold down the fort and the typical not as strong woman in a mental health facility trying to figure out how to move forward. Uh, and I just, I, after reading it, in, in, when I was getting ready to do it, I said, that that just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. To me. Like I I I come from a single mom. I was raised by a single mom. Um, my wife of twenty five years, my two daughters. Every woman around me is like way better and stronger and smarter and healthier than I am. Um, I I, I I'm the fool running off to the emergency room, right? And they're they they're, they're <laughs> the ones going what what? So, uh, it just felt natural. And you know what? It felt more it, it, it felt more honest. It's it's more honest for me. And more, more how I see the world, and more how I think the world sees the world. Like, let's just be straight up about it. Women aren't shooting up places. Like, they're, they're holding, it, they're holding it together, and they're 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 the spine and foundation of our society. Uh, so the minute we switched it, it just it just like, it just it, it 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 sunk in. It like everyone was like, that's it, that's it. And Melissa signed on right away when we switched it, and then it was off to the races. And you know what? I would call the writer and I said, "Matt, uh, Matt Harris." I said, "Matt, we're going to switch these roles." And he goes, "Oh, that's a great idea." I said, I, "He goes, how How do you want to start?" I go, "Just, just do find replace to start. Just do find mm-hmm. find Lily, replace with Jack, and vice versa." And we did that, yeah. and we did that in the script, and we we're like, "Oh my God, that's that's pretty close." And then we just yeah. evolved from there.
0: I really appreciate that you all did that because, like you said, a lot of times it's, you know, the stigma of like, oh, the man is the strong one and the woman is the weak one, when in reality we're all human. And a lot of times mental health issues, especially with men, um, it gets completely overlooked and um, it's always seen as, and this is like a a hinge of a spoiler, but not fully. But a lot of times when it comes to men, things are not acknowledged until it's so bad, um, until it's absolutely out of control. But then when we actually dig deeper, we see that a lot of these things were overlooked in teenage years and 20s as well. Um, And so I think it's really cool that you focused on kind of a, a category of the mental health conversation, especially within marriages, and especially when it comes to the male-female relationship, um, that's not really talked about. Um, I was—I'm trying my hardest to only talk about the starling, but also I'm not trying at all because I think it's really cool that that's something that, at least as a as a fan of your other work, that you have seem to really focus on um, marginalized groups and also just the not-so-obvious choice, you know. In Hidden Figures, you're telling the story of these three Black women whose stories really don't ever get told. And in The Starling, you're telling this story of, you know, um, of of a husband um, who is dealing with this unimaginable loss, and those kinds of stories seldom get told, Um, and kind of alluding to what you said before— without telling the story of other people that lost their lives, you know what I mean? So, um, And then this sounds like I'm being a little sarcastic. I promise I'm not. But, like, you're telling a story about a bird. Who thinks that they could do a movie with a bird as, like, third on the call sheet? Do you, like, do you try to, like, pick these, you know what I mean, like, vastly, like, unique stories? Have you always been a bit of a unique storyteller? Like, did you write stories about, like, giraffes or something growing up? Because these are... These are such fascinating stories that people don't think to just tell
1: uh no you know my, my my path to being a writer was i came from a very um very dysfunctional family with a lot of me- mental health problems uh my dad was in the mob my mom was a nun um you know you can look that up and so i came from this really crazy violent, godly mixed background I was an altar boy. I was a shoplifter. All just, just all these back and forth things that you do growing up. I grew up in Brooklyn, um, so I've always been drawn to stories about people like me that are completely broken and lost and trying to figure it out.
0: And yeah,
1: really don't know how to get where they're going. Really don't even know where they're going. Like those yeah. are the stories I'm most drawn to. So it doesn't really matter if it has a bird or. Bill and Maria playing an alcoholic Vietnam vet or, you know, Taraji P. Henson, you know, running in the rain, just trying to get ahead. Like I'm drawn to those stories about us, us getting, us yeah. trying to figure it out and us trying to get ahead.
0: Yeah. I really, um, I'm grateful for your, your vulnerability. I mean, we need more of that, you know, us, us as creatives being willing to put our, honest stories out on the line. And even if there's no direct correlation of, you know, this is my third grade story, it's the, the resilience that is necessary to show but not coming from the hero. Um, and I, I think that that's really pertinent and that's really cool that, that you're so honest in your work. Um, I, as a musician, I was very excited about the soundtrack to this film. Uh, well, actually, if I'm speaking from a musician standpoint, I was like, so I could, I could sit here, I have ADHD, it's probably obvious, probably not. I could sit here all day and just be a nerd about stuff. Like the fact that like, you've literally worked with Janelle Monet, like as a musician, I'm just like, I'm gonna lose my mind. And then like David Diggs, okay, cool, fine, Ted, work with that work with all the cool kids. Like, <laughs> if you do a movie with like Dolly Parton or something, and I don't get invited to pass out donuts. <laughs> like I don't. I don't understand. And Pharrell. Understand. And Pharrell.
1: God, Pharrell.
0: Yeah. Like seriously. And Pharrell. Like and Loretta Devine. She's one of the singing voices on Doc McStuffins. I have a two-year-old, yeah. so that's very important. Um, she's, <laughs> like, the, she's the queen, man. But she's. Oh my gosh. God, she she's. Changed, yeah. Yeah. She's so. Uh, she's so great, and the soundtrack. To this movie is so good I was reading I believe her name is Julia Michels or Julia Michaels, Michaels. did I say it right Michael's okay cool I mean the soundtrack just emotes so many of the most perfect moments I've loved Melody Gardeau forever Brandi Carlisle I mean she's a legend I like how did you I don't know if you're a very emotive human I'm very <laughs> I'm very subtle if you couldn't tell um but I always feel the feels I mean literally as um, I think it's that wasn't me I can never think of what that song is called but as these songs are playing it is it's more than a soundtrack I mean it's very anthem like how did you feel watching it back for the first time with all of these songs implemented in the film.
1: You know music is such a battle in the film because you're trying by the by the time you get to the end of the film you've tried sometimes 50 60 cues in each spot right and so you're like you're like you like you do not even you have no perspective you're like oh, I don't know but then when you land on something like when we landed on Brandy Carlisle at the end you just you just go that that's it I mean that's that's the that's the that is, that sums up the entire movie like how yeah. he feels how she feels and you're asking a lot out of the music right so like when I first saw it um, in the rough cut, uh, I thought, boy, our music is a train wreck, right? I mean, it didn't—it just it was all over the place, and you're just trying to figure it out, find a tone. And then when we landed on Brandy and the Lumineers and Nate Reus and Melody Gardot, you're like, oh, we have a, we have a we have a fabric going here. It kind of all yeah. kind of all goes together. And then Judah Judah and the Lion, it's just just an amazing song at the last minute. Um, when she's mowing her lawn, which I think is, is a fantastic song. So anyway, when I when I saw it all together, finally, I, I we were all just crying about it. I mean, we were like literally crying in the sound mix. A bunch of bunch of grown men, bunch of grown women, just like crying. It's kind of it's embarrassing and it's also beautiful.
0: <laughs> but that's the whole thing. It's okay to cry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This it was it was so great, and the the music definitely just you know pushed it over the edge in such a good way I'm such a nerd for so many small little well the music of a film is not small but I'm such a nerd for so many like specific moments and so the music was so beautiful and I mean the cinematography was great there's this one scene in the beginning that just like goes from like a grocery aisle to straight to a canyon and it's just like and it's, it's all moving but it's like not moving too much moving just enough I I hope that you are as pumped about this movie as I am. And, um, and I hope that you, uh, Ted, I hope that you really are like proud of this work and your whole cast and crew because it's truly amazing. Um, this is kind of a, a loaded question. And so you can give us like a the shortest simplest answer if you will, but a lot of my listeners are just like me. They are young 20 somethings, college students, creatives. And so, you know, for those of us that have written or have directed before, what is just some encouragement that you could offer um, as a director yourself?
1: I, I would say, you know, um, write your story. Like, don't, don't shy away from your story, right? Even if people tell you it's not interesting, write, write your story and then go and shoot your story. And like, what I mean by that is everyone stops themselves in life. They everything, everything in life feels daunting, right? Oh, I I, first of all you say, oh, I I, how do you finish a screenplay, right? No, you only finish a screenplay by typing. So just type, right? Mm -hmm. And then they go, well, how do you make a movie? Well, you really only make a movie by hitting record, right? On your on your iPhone. So you hit record on your iPhone. It doesn't matter if you have scale or talent, or think you have scale of talent, or think you don't have scale of talent. Your job on this planet is to A, leave it better than you found it, and B, tell your stories and tell your story along the way, right? Because that's the only thing we leave behind. Like, we only leave our story spot. I started shooting, you know, at a young age. I just kept shooting and I kept telling stories and I kept writing and writing and writing and writing. I've been rejected more than I've ever would imagine. And at some point, you just have to say, I have to do it. So, you know, now now with iPhones, I shot a short film on an iPhone two years ago um, for Apple, which you guys could check out called Daughter, uh shot entirely on an iPhone in China. Wow. And it's the most beautiful. I'm I'm so proud of that work just on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. So you can get an iPhone, get get your friends, and go shoot for a weekend and just do, figure learn. I have hundreds of hours of stuff I'll never show. I will never show, right? Because it's not good and it it, it yeah. doesn't it's not even good to me like i can't even look back it nostalgically i look back at it and go mm. <laughs> so you got you got to throw your you got to throw your warts out there man i mean you got to get your warts out there you know and and expose them and they'll you'll know, blossom
0: i really enjoyed my conversation with ted melfi and i hope that you guys did too And if you've seen the movie, then you know, and don't worry, this is not a spoiler, but you know that everything he just said at the end is actually perfect advice for the protagonist in this film. So I hope that you'll check out The Starling, available on Netflix today. And hey, if you really like the Jamie Grace podcast, make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to talk more about dating, relationships, and the way those kinds of things can affect our mental health, you are definitely going to want to hear the Ask Jamie Grace episode tomorrow on Team Single and Dating. So I'll see you guys very soon. Okay, bye.